What do you think of dust? God formed mankind from the dust of the ground. Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Today we celebrate Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday starts the beginning of Lent, a season that begins with dust and ashes. It's a tradition that symbolizes our frailty and mortality before God. We are called to reflect on our attitudes and return to God through repentance and prayer. For 40 days, we are called to examine our hearts and minds and ready ourselves to celebrate the death and resurrection of Jesus. Joel 2, 12 through 13 states, Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. This verse encapsulates what Lent is all about. It is all about reconnecting with the God who desires to be in relationship with us. One truth about relationships is that they rarely stay the same. In our closer relationships, we are either growing closer or further apart. What would happen to you if you weren't intentional with your close relationships? If you didn't spend time with them, you'd probably grow apart. This is actually the cause of many failed marriages. They aren't hostile towards each other. They just grow apart. Growing apart can happen in our human relationships, and it can happen with God. Have you ever felt distant from God? I have. Throughout Scripture, God promises that he will never leave us or forsake us. He is committed to us. The reality is that we choose how close to God we want to be. Feeling distance from God is a result of our own decision. We have decided to wander and focus on other things. When I was in college, I was very serious about my faith. I relied on Jesus to give me purpose and strength and spend time with him every day. I made some new friends my junior year, and they loved to have fun. They were creative and very social, and I found myself spending more and more time with them. The only downside with these friends is that they didn't want to spend time with God. In the midst of these friendships, I found that I was drifting apart from God, growing more distant. I had a dream one night where I was falling, going to go down a dangerous waterfall. I took it as a warning from God that I would end up suffering if I didn't keep him first in my life. I made the hard decision to distance myself from these friends and reestablish a daily devotional life. At first, I didn't feel close to God. Reading the Bible felt stale and empty, but as I gave it time, I started to feel strong in the Lord again. I was getting rooted and grounded in his love once more. Are you as close to God as you want to be? Or have you allowed things to become between you and your relationship with him? We can always have more of God, but we can settle for less. I have three reasons why we drift away. 
The first, we can become overconfident like Peter, who thought he would not deny the Lord. Surely not me. If we think we are standing strong, we can fall into sin or unbelief. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. When we are overconfident, we can push God out of our lives. Number two, apathy. We get lethargic or weak in our faith. Other things start to take priority. Jesus asked Peter, James, and John to pray with him in the garden, but they fell asleep. Jesus knew that faith fatigue can lead to temptation. When we aren't intentional about our faith, we can get lazy and can easily wander away from God. Number three, fear of man. We can keep God at a distance because we are worried about what others might think. We think we may be ridiculed by others because of our faith. We can follow Jesus at a distance. Mark 8.38 says, If anyone is ashamed of me and my words, I will be ashamed of him when I come into glory. It's easy to fall away from God. You can go to church every Sunday and still become distant from God. There are so many distractions and stumbling blocks in the world. It's easy for us, like the prodigal son, to lose our way and find ourselves on a different path than what God planned for us. The good news is that when this happens, God responds with grace. Romans 8.1 says that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. When we focus on other things besides God, he doesn't look on us with condemnation. He looks on us with love. The Israelites drifted away from God time after time, but God never abandoned them. God is like that with us. He is just waiting for us to come home to him. So what does returning to God look like? I have three ingredients that are necessary to reconnect with God. The first is to submit to God wholeheartedly. James 4, 7 reads, Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Martin Luther said that man is like a horse. Either God or Satan is in the saddle and pulling on the reins, leading the horse. We can be saved but not submit to God. It's true that Jesus can be in our lives but not in control of it. Just as it takes an act of the will to accept Jesus as Savior, it takes an act of the will to make him Lord. If we are in the driver's seat, we will become miserable and unfulfilled. Am I willing to do whatever he wishes and yield myself to him? We need to prefer God's will above our own. After all, his ways are perfect, and he wants what's best for us. Can we let him be the potter and allow ourselves to become the clay? Part of submitting to God is resisting the world and the devil. Satan is real, according to Scripture. Your adversary walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resisting the devil begins with rejecting the lie and accepting the fact that we can't have real life apart from God. The devil entices us with things 
that offer temporary satisfaction, but they always rob more from us than what they give. Realizing the need for repentance, James writes, Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. As we go about our lives in the world, we can become polluted. It's just like if we were to walk through some mud and our shoes would become dirty. We get spiritually polluted as we interact with our culture and we need cleansing. A return to close communion with God means a change in action. Our disposition and desire needs to line up with God's will. We can be unaware that our behaviors are grieving the Holy Spirit. When we are double-minded, we are unable to lean upon God. The flesh is at war with the Holy Spirit within us. The purpose of the cleansing is to address this double-mindedness, to bring us to confession. We need clean hands and clean hearts if we are to have close communion with God. Repentance involves rending our hearts, lamenting, mourning, and weeping. Repentance means more than just saying, I'm sorry. It is a change of heart and mind concerning sin. It is a turning away from anything that separates ourselves from God and from each other. When we see sin that way, it leads us to repentance. Steps to repentance. Number one, we need a posture of humility. Humility is a modest or low view of one's importance. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. It's only when we humble ourselves and admit that life without God isn't life at all that we are able to make changes. True humility is the only way to approach God. We can't see this when we are puffed up, when we are self-centered. Number two, review. Together with God, we need to take a spiritual assessment. We need to list those things that have come between us and God. It could be a TV show, a game, an attitude, or a bad habit. Review the regrets, mistakes, sources of shame, things done and things left undone. Psalm 139, verses 23 through 24, David writes, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. In other words, Lord, shine your spotlight on me and reveal all that stuff that is entangling me, hindering me, and holding me back. It's a biblical process. No one likes to be reminded of their mistakes, but it's only in facing these things head-on that we can be free from them. Repentance is a process. It isn't something that's done in an hour. No one is perfect. Every day we can do things that hinder our relationship with God and has a negative impact on our spiritual health. A daily assessment of reviewing our lives can help the process go faster. Let us test and examine our ways. Is this a step you are willing to take? Are you vulnerable enough to make this sort of list? Number three, repent. Acts 3.19 reads, Repent from your sins 
and turn to God so that your sins might be wiped away. Repentance involves taking responsibility for our sins, not rationalizing them, not ignoring them or blaming someone else. For example, it's my dad's fault I behave like this. Repentance means to intentionally turn away from those things. How many times have you said sorry for doing something, but kept doing it? That isn't true repentance. Biblical repentance is twofold. We aren't just turning away from something. We are turning to someone. God. We want to turn away from these things, but we are helpless apart from God. It takes the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit in us to say no to sin. We won't get far in this process if we aren't honest with ourselves. An important part of being a follower of Jesus is accepting responsibility for our actions. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. We deceive ourselves when we deny or downplay our sins. Everyone does it or it's not that big a deal. What am I pretending is not a problem? What am I pretending not to feel guilty about? Number four, restitution. Once we've reviewed and once we've repented, sometimes we need to correct what we've done to make it right. This can be done in different ways. It can be speaking to that person who you've wronged. It can be returning that thing that doesn't belong to you or apologizing to someone that you've hurt. Restitution can make the way for restoration. Zacchaeus said, if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said, today, salvation has come to your house. Here there is a connection between making restitution and God's forgiveness. The third ingredient to reconnecting with God is receiving God's forgiveness. God's forgiveness is free. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When we turn to God, he is faithful. We don't have to beg for it. All we have to do is believe. When the prodigal son returned home, broken and destitute, the father got up and ran to embrace him. That's a picture of God's love for all his children. There was no guilt trip, no scolding, and no blaming. No matter who we are and what we've done, no matter how big or small, God will forgive it if we ask for his forgiveness. We are invited to turn to the Lord with all of our hearts. So when we feel apart from God, we should return to him. God says in Isaiah, with great compassion I will take you back. That's grace and that's the cross. Peter's relationship with God didn't end with his denial. John 21 records a conversation between Peter and the risen Lord. Jesus asked three times if Peter loves him and he responds, Yes, you know I love you, three times. And through this exchange, Jesus was giving Peter the opportunity three times to affirm what he had previously denied. He was giving him the opportunity to return to him. 
Some of us might be feeling like God has forgotten us, but he hasn't forgotten us. The good shepherd leaves the 90 and 9 to go after the one. So if you've strayed from God by one giant step or a series of small steps, I invite you to pray the prayer that David prayed when he returned to God. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. This Lent, these next 40 days that lie before us, God invites us to come home. He invites us to receive his holy grace anew. And in just a little bit, we are going to experience one of the amazing ways he comes to us, Holy Communion. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are our Father, and that you'll never leave us or forsake us. And Lord, if we have strayed from you, be it in big ways or little ways, I just pray that you would draw us back, draw us into your love, draw us into your presence, and let us enjoy fellowship with you once more. In Jesus' name, amen.